Welcome to a Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. I'm Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Masoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear stories of women-owned food businesses. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. That was an exciting introduction. <laughs> you're, you're ready to go today. I love my job. I'm so lucky I have this job. <laughs> I have to remember what a great job it is. That's so true. I like it. I like your passion today. Thank We're you. glad that everyone has joined us live today. We uh, want to be here for all our food friends with stories of hope out there. Uh, Sarah, I um, know that you lead innovation in this city, but I saw on Instagram that you and your family also saved some baby ducks. Yes! <laughs> so so you're, res- you're rescuers too. Actually, my one of the fellows at my work has baby ducks swimming in his pool, which he hasn't opened for swimming for people. So it's a duck pool now. And then we were sitting eating our dinner, our, our tables at the front of the house. And my husband's like, hey, there's a lady out there with a dog. Something's going on. So he went out there and all of a sudden he's like, come out here. We all went out there and they, the mama had walked right over the grate and the ducks just went boink right down into the water in the storm drain. So Michael got his old tool that he used to heave uh, milk crates around with, and he pulled the drain off. I ran out to the shed and got a big scooper, and I started scooping him up, and one of the little guys wasn't doing so well. I think it might have just been exhausted. And the lady who was there with the dog, she said, oh, I've raised ducks before. I'll take him with me and take care of him. So we wrapped him up in a towel, and off they went. That's so cute. You guys are the best. <laughs> that was probably the highlight of my weekend. I know. Well, it's pretty good. I mean, it doesn't get much better. <laughs> I know everybody on my Instagram account's like, go Sarah. So it's fun. <laughs> well, good job. Good job, fam. <laughs> mm-hmm. that was pretty and then fun. I don't know if you saw on um, that I had posted about, or I think maybe Derek posted about it. But I got, I got a, a freeze new, dryer. I got a freeze dryer. Isn't what? That cool? And you freeze dried Skittles? Yes. Freeze, <laughs> freeze dried candy. Is Come like on. The, the business my daughter wants to have. Because she usually has a lemonade stand and she wants to sell freeze dried candy in her, in her driveway. So you put them in there and they puffed up and stuff? They do. Yeah, we had, it's kind of like a big internet thing on Etsy. There's lots of people doing freeze-dried candy, but I wanted, you know, I needed the freeze dryer for myself um, to, cause we use, you know, we use the dehydrator already for certain things, but 
Um, I'm working on a few projects for, you know, sometimes I do recipe development for other companies. So I'm, I'm working on a few things with different kinds of powders. And so you can freeze dry all, all sorts of stuff and then turn it into a powder. And it's yeah. a lot easier to do it in the freeze dryer to like infuse different things rather than the dehydrator. So I did get one. If anybody wants information about freeze dryers, I'm now a rep. So you can ask what? me questions and I can okay, tell you about Okay, so we them. have one at the Food Innovation Center that needs a new pump. Can you come and fix it? I can't come and fix it, but I can tell you where to get a new pump. <laughs> oh, that's funny. We have the same one at the Food Innovation Center. I think it might be just a little bigger, but it's the same freeze dryer. Yeah. I really like it. It's fun. I mean, you know, we have um, part of our mission is to reduce food waste and it really helps us with that too, because we can, um, you know, turn things that would maybe normally be composted into powders that we can use in other forms. So it's really helpful for us. That's pretty and cool, it, Sarah. And it's super fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is fun. Um, so we are not alone today. We have um, a special guest with us. And yes, uh, we this do. Be, when we post this episode, it will be our 85th episode of this of the show. What? 85? Which is very exciting. I feel like even though we have had all these wild things happen in our year and we've changed the way that we've recorded and we've changed the way that we do everything. We've still managed to put out the show. So I just wanted to say to the team and to you, Sarah, and us, everybody, all our guests, just congratulations on the 85th yes. show because That's I feel like pretty that amazing. Is something to celebrate. That is. <laughs> all cool. right. So our guest today is waiting patiently while we banter about nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would like to introduce. Sydney Smith McCarthy. She is the owner of Drink Mame, a premium cold pressed juice bar and wellness boutique in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Sydney. Thank you for having me. Hi, guys. It's so nice Hi. to see you today. Yes, yeah, so nice to see you guys as well. Let's start with the name, shall we? <laughs> How did you come up with this cute name that you have, Drink Mame? So, Drink Mame came about. Um, Going back to like my dad and things like that. He's from Barbados. His family is, is from Barbados. Ah. And they're the number one fruit there that they use for like, it's almost like they use it more than they, than they would like if people were to use avocado here, they, that's kind of what they use there. But a uh, mame sapote is a fruit that is in the islands and the Caribbeans and Puerto Rico and the Dominican. Um, and it's used for various uh, different like meal replacements or additions to food, like kind of like avocado um so mame is a fruit um and because i based this business basically off of the legacy of my dad that it, it fit very perfectly without having to name it after him <laughs> that's great i um have a buddy who lives in barbados part-time and in portland part-time oh, and really? he brings me the best hot sauces because there's so much good hot sauce there. And so I, in my book, I dedicated a sauce recipe to him because the hot sauces from Barbados, they use all these really fruity tropical peppers mm -hmm. and um, they have, you know, they have different rules than we do here. So he'll bring them back sometimes just like people will make their homemade hot sauce in like water bottles and like just they'll use whatever, you know, stuff they have. But, and they, I've had some of the best sauces that people have, cause you know, people always bring me sauce cause that's what I make, yeah. but I've had some of the best sauces ever from Barbados. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, 
I remember the first time I ever visited, I had something and they were like, and I, and I love spicy foods. I am a spicy food connoisseur, but I was like, I had a, I had a dish. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, oh yeah, extra hot sauce. There she, he's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, here you go. Uh, and I ate it. <laughs> you were on fire. It was. I was out the entire day. The entire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, that's, like that's like my sinuses. They are spicy. I love them. Yes. <laughs> it cleared my sinuses for sure. I'm sure it cleared other things too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we want to help um, connect people to you. Can you tell us how people can find you on Instagram and other social media platforms? Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at drinkmame, D-R-I-N-K-M-A-M-E-Y. Um, you can also find us at www.drinkmame.com or facebook.com slash drinkmame or on Twitter at drinkmame. <laughs> Perfect. And we'll link people to you through our Instagram, but sometimes, you know, your, yours is nice because it's the same across all platforms. And sometimes people have like, they can't get their names take a, across everything. So you make it nice and easy. Yes. I was very happy when I was like, Oh, I'm the first one to ever have this username. It's exciting. And you're our first, um, you know, we had 85 guests, but you are our first juice guest. Do you call yourself a juicer or a what do you what do you call yourself? I guess yeah. you know, I never really thought of it like that. I think I just call myself I like to call okay. I've called myself a mixologist before because I yeah. I do do a lot of, you know, testing different fruit juices out and different powders and different supplements and things like that. So a mixologist, I would love I, I think that's a good word. I like that. When I was looking at the different combinations you had, that's what I was really thinking that, um, you know, you experiment with all these different things. And so it's really about, it's a really creative work for you. Yes, it is. It is. It's, it's, a, it's actually a really good creative outlet for me. It's, I love food and my, like all of us, but my relationship with food has been so up and down and so interesting that I think um, being able to find something that I really, really enjoyed in food was really exciting for me. And so being able to like, you know, there's so many things you can do with juice and so many things you can do with fruit. I think it was just, it was one of the things that was like totally my niche. And so if somebody wants to come and get a juice, you're on Northeast Killingsworth in Portland. I am Oregon. Mm -hmm. 1615 Northeast Killingsworth. Can you tell us about your location there and what people might expect when they come to visit? Yeah. So um, walking in, you will to your, let's see, walking in to your right, you should see a huge selfie wall full of plants. That's the number one thing. Lots of neon signs. Um, obviously, you can find our juice, our cold pressed juice in glass premium bottles. Um, you can also find we do smoothies. Um, our smoothies are in like ice cream containers. So they're prepackaged. So people can take them home and blend them themselves, or they can have it blend at the store. And then we have a bunch of additives that you can use to, or you can put in your smoothie to make it extra healthy. Um, we also house right now five, seven black owned women owned, um, businesses that are in the wellness industry. And then two, um, black male owned businesses, one of them being dead stock coffee and the other one being temptations. Um, so we try to keep it very black centered and I try to get, um, more black men and women, a platform to, um, and a place to kind of like showcase their work. Um, because there's a lot of very creative, you know, wellness, um, 
businesses in Portland that don't often get the chance to be exposed in um, different ways. And so I love being able to give that platform. So it's all a wellness based um, situation and people love it and buy juice and buy CMOS and buy uh, hair care and dead stop. That, make, that makes a lot of sense now um, that you say it, because when I was looking at your website, I loved the way that it was broken up into you had a you have a feel good section a look good section and a taste good section and yes. you you know that's great because it break it you know breaks everything down so you could look at the different parts but i didn't know if you were the one making everything so i saw all of the in your look good section you have um d- all different things candles and um you have coffee and you have um hair products but i didn't know if you were the maker of all of them no, not all of them. Um, so uh, the hair care would be Ella Dean. Um, she uses plant-based uh, or plant-based fruits and vegetables, uh, essential oils for her hair care. Um, we have Deadstock Coffee, who's obviously a huge coffee maker in the Portland area. Then we have CMOS, and that's from the Hustleway. Um, she's a Black woman local maker. Um, we have Noetic Plants, and she did our wonderful plant wall. And she also sells plants in the shop. And then we have a body brand and she does body, um, body care, like body lotions and like um, body soaps. And we have Anya Naturals and she does the soy decorative candles that you mentioned. And then, um, oh, and then Cherie Co. And she does, she specializes in body oils. So I think that's everybody. And then Hemptations and they do uh, CBD products, which is locally made as well. And do you have a spot for people to sit and visit? Yes, we have a bar um, where we kind of make our juices and stuff so people can sit at the bar. We just recently actually opened that up as things started calming down um, with the restrictions on the pandemic. Um, And then we have outdoor seating as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great. And how did you choose the location that you're in? So the location kind of found me. (laughs) Um, I started this this business last year in the pandemic. And um, one of the people I met through this process was Erica Swanson of T-Bar. And she's the owner of T-Bar and she had approached me. Um, Actually, we were introduced by Candice. um, And Candice does photography for um, Erica. And um, so we kind of, we got introduced and I started selling my juices out of T-Bar very quickly after I actually launched the business, um, which was very helpful for me because before I was just delivering them every weekend and it it got super crazy. Um, But she had been in a situation where, you know, she, the pandemic was happening and she had closed down her Killingsworth location and nobody was really using it. And so she was like, well, you know, maybe you can use it for, you know, your juice production, or maybe we can figure out a way for you to actually take the store over. And so after a couple months of negotiation, that's kind of how it it, um, came about. And so we signed a lease in September and opened in October and here we are. There you go. That's wonderful. Now your background is in design and communications, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Can yeah. you tell us how you decided to go from an exciting career that was in design and communications to mm-hmm. design juices? Well, um, I think it all comes together beautifully a little bit. I, I went to an art and design university in the middle of nowhere, Santa Fe, New Mexico. And um, 
my degree is in business communications, but I had started out as a photography and graphic design major. So um, my talents reside in graphic design and visual arts and photography and things like that. But I was really interested in the business side of things. So I switched my major kind of halfway through my schooling um, for business communications. And then I had two minors because I had taken so many classes in these areas. Um, I've worked in agencies. I've worked in PR. I've worked in um, event planning. I've done uh, graphic design. I've done social media management. Um, and I've always wanted to start my own business. And I'm a such a person that loves everything to be aesthetically pleasing. And um, so the juice was really cool. Um, and I think I started the juicing because I was like, I'm, I'm super into wellness and I always have been. Um, and I started that and I was juicing just for my mom and like my grandma and my friends. And then world, the world, the word traveled faster than me. And um, at that, at some point I was like, oh, maybe I should put some labels on this bottle so that people like kind of know where it's coming from or who to go to. If, And so that was just like, oh, I'll just put a quick logo together and I'll, you know, print some labels and buy some bottles. And I was really afraid to buy like 400 bottles at that point. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be like an actually worthwhile investment. We'll see. And um, <laughs> I just started <laughs> putting my labels on bottles. And um, one thing led to another. One person bought a bottle, then another person bought two bottles. And it just went from there. So it just all came together. Like I just used my, my skills that I knew how to use from like my previous agency work and other work and my degree and kind of transferred it into this, which has actually really helped um, me on other sides that a lot of people aren't really, when they get into businesses, at least small food businesses, they don't really know how to navigate. So yeah. that part I, I kind of already knew. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it all came together. What do you think? Was, oh, can um, I ask one more question? What do yeah, you think ahead. was the hardest part about starting this juice business? Was it learning all the rules and regulations for food? Yes, absolutely. I think that, um, as it started to get bigger, I knew I was taking a little bit of a risk by, um, doing it the way that I was doing. So quickly when, you know, word started traveling fast, I, you know, went to a commissary kitchen to start juicing my juice because I could no longer do it. I, I felt like I couldn't do it at home. And it was also getting to the point where my home wasn't big enough to do all the juice that I was actually making. So I ended up having to go to a, um, a kitchen that was close by because I used to live in Southeast. And so I think in Maricot Americano, Americano, Americano. Uh, Ericado, thank you. Um, so I did that for six, six or eight weeks. And then um, I stopped because then I found out that that wasn't that also wasn't legal. So there was a lot of different things that were going on. Um, but I was able to keep the hype up, I guess, enough to be able to get into a store. And once I got into a store, then I started really making the juice and getting the proper equipment. Um, but I, that was definitely a learning curve. Um, and just kind of learning about, I had no idea juice was so highly regulated, um, until, you know, I was in the thick of it. So yeah, that was definitely a learning curve. for That's me. That's the great thing about entrepreneurship. People are so excited. They just keep moving forward, even if they don't know all the rules. And that's what usually makes them successful, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And, and, you know, because juices, your juice is cold pressed. So it means it's not, it's not pasteurized. So they have to have a lot of regulations around it, but people yeah, don't so always know that in the beginning, we hear from lots of business owners, especially what, that have like started out as a restaurant 
And then yeah. they want to sell either whatever it is, sauces, chili oils, juices, whatever that people, customers really like. So they'll just kind of start doing it without realizing there's all these rules. But then you quickly find out that there's lots of things that you have yeah. to do. As soon as someone comes in and is like, uh, <laughs> this is what you're supposed to be doing. But they're, they're so good about help. You know, the all the licensors are so good about helping you figure out what you need to do, which is really yeah. great. I think I made it a bigger deal than they thought than they made it. And I was totally like, Oh my gosh, I can't do any of this. Like, I don't want to get in trouble. And they're like, Oh, it's okay. Like all you have to do is do this, 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 and that. And I was like, okay, well that's easy. But it was like, it felt like every other day I was finding out something new. So I had to yeah. constantly readjust and constantly like do different things to make it better or get them. I didn't even, there were certain things like getting a, I knew you had to have a license to sell, but I didn't understand like, Oh, I have to buy a license to be able to even have this business here or, have a have certain things on the wall so people know that they're like just certain little things like that along with about you know um how long juice can really sit out and still be fresh and how it needs to go in the fridge right away and legally you have to put a three-day expiration day on it and all that type of stuff so it's definitely been a learning curve (laughs) yeah well and since you're our first juice um or first mixologist that specializes in juice um (laughs) can you tell us the difference between cold pressed juice and if somebody was just um maybe juicing at home because i think most people don't do cold pressed juice at home right yeah so really the difference there is how it's processed so a lot of juicers like uh home juicers if you were to go to like best buy or target and just get a regular juicer it's powered by heat and um and it's power it's powered by electricity which cold press juicers are but it's a different type of system if you were to put um, a piece of fruit into let's say like a breville juicer it's using heat to grind up the the pulp and squeeze the juice out of it which um is a form i wouldn't say is a form of pasteurization but it makes the juice um of a lesser quality i'll say um and then with cold press, it's literally grinding the fruit and taking two heavy pieces of metal and pressing it all together to get all of the juice out of it in its raw form and with no heat or anything like that. So th- those are the differences um, technically, but um, really, you know, for as far as quality of juice, it's being heat processed versus not being heat processed and really actually taking the, the actual juice and not manipulating it and really it's it's in its raw form besides it being a fruit if that makes sense <laughs> if yeah. have you had to change your equipment that you've used over time as you started to get more yeah so actually we started the the juice bar out as a cold press juice bar um when i was starting out i just had an at-home juicer and i constantly upgraded that juicer in order to like have different juicers going at one time or make a faster process but the at-home juicers just do not do it at all Um, so uh we started out with the um the good nature pro x1 mini um, and we found one refurbished um, that we were just going to use for the time being because we knew we wanted to upgrade um, very fast. Um, so we got that. And so we've been we've been a, a cold pressed juice bar since we opened the shop. Um, and then we recently just upgraded our equipment to the X1, which is a huge one. It has a huge spout and you can just throw tons of fruit in there and grind it up and it'll do like it'll do like 40 bottles in 30 minutes, which is awesome, which we used to only do 40 bottles in like an hour and a half. 
So it's cut down our process a lot. That's great. I love when that happens. I love finding a new piece of equipment. For me, um, you know, when I started out, I just used my like handheld um, kitchen immersion blender, you know, like a little Cuisinart one. But yeah. then when I really got a big commercial one, it almost looks like a piece of like construction equipment. You know, it's really huge. And that's really what made it so I could make things in bigger pots because I couldn't, you know, blend things with my little tiny one. So it just like it changes your whole world when you get a really good piece of equipment. Yes, it really does. It really does. I am so grateful for that juice. I have no idea. Hey, do you ladies have any recommendations for somebody who might be trying to find a piece of equipment? How did you find your new juicer? Um, the newest one or the first one that we started with? The new, The newest one that you just got. So the newest one that we just got is the uh, is the next step up from the one that we had. Um, so we kind of we knew good nature was the it's really honestly the only cold press juice uh, company that makes cold press juicers besides pure. There's a there's a company called Pure and they make like one of the first ever kind of models of the cold press juicer, which is just like a, it's a smaller model and it has two uh things that kind of just press together and you make a little bit of juice out of that um but good nature is really the only one that does it commercially um so that's something that i just did a little bit of research about but when you search cold press juicers that's really all that comes up is good nature um so that's kind of and we were trying to figure out how we could get it for cheaper because at the time we were like oh my gosh fifteen thousand dollars thirty thousand dollars on a juicer we're never gonna get there but it was we ended up getting there so <laughs> um it's wonderful but for starting out i mean honestly and truly um it's all a process everybody's journey is different um, you don't have to start out cold pressed. That's something that you can definitely work up to. And that was something I was considering. I was just very headstrong and very passionate about the cold press. That was your choice. Yeah. Yeah. Really good choice. <laughs> Ladies, we need to take a quick break and we'll be right back and hear about some of the wonderful creations you make. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. And now we're back and let's talk to Sydney about the different flavors and combination of juice that she's come up with. What's your favorite? Uh, I get asked this all the time. Um, my current favorite, and I think it's been my favorite since the beginning, just because of my per personal preferences on juice, um, but it's called Let It Glow, and it's a combination of green apple, um, kale, spinach, cucumber, and lemon. And the reason it's my favorite is because it has all your greens, but you also get a little bit of the sweet tart, which I love a sweet tart taste. Um, and so that's really the reason why that one's my favorite. Um, as far as sweetness, like I have three really sweet juices that are, that are amazing, but I think Boca grape is one of my favorite. It's a red grape base. It has basil leaves in there and there is some blue pea powder as well. Ooh, that sounds tasty. I think I may try that next time I come in. Yeah. I was really curious about that one. Cause that, is that one a collaboration that you do with someone? Yeah, so that's something that I that me and um, actually my creative director we uh, 
collaborate on trying to figure out who we're going to just kind of like feature so that way we see more one one we the idea is to have more black faces on products and two to kind of like highlight you know great artists that are in the area and give them their own juice bottle which is which I would love to have my own juice bottle I do have multiple of my own juice bottles but you know what I mean um so that's kind of the idea um and so Boca he is a uh, music music artist uh, local to Portland and I really love his music I love what he's all about he's a part of a um I think they I think they consider themselves a label um but they're also a clothing store they do multiple different things it's called Produce Portland um so he's that that group um and they have a shop downtown Portland um, and so I'm really into his music. I'm really into him as a person and like what he stands for. And so um, his favorite fruit actually is grapes. And I was looking oh. for a grape juice. And one day he was like, he put something on Twitter and he's like, can someone make me a grape juice? And someone tagged Drake Mame in it. And I was like, you know, let's just chat. Cause I was, I was in literally at that moment, I was in the middle of creating a grape juice. And so um, I created the grape juice and let him try it first. And we did a little commercial. We made it really fun and creative. And oh. that's kind of how that came about. And I, we designed a bottle. My, um, my designer, her name is Nicole Sonobe. She's an incredible illustration il- illustrator. Um, and she kind of takes my visions and my outlines and makes it more pretty. And cause I don't have time to do those things anymore. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he's on the bottle and it's called Boca Grape. Um, and yeah, people, and people love that one. That one sells out all the time. <laughs> Sounds tasty. Yeah. We, so, we always love to hear everyone's um, collaboration stories because I feel like it really helps to get to know you better and what your mission is and the things that you want to do. And you're really creating this wonderful community space in he- here in Portland to lift up and elevate black voices. And I think that's really wonderful. So I'm sure that everyone appreciates it. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty awesome. I, I, it's so crazy because I, I sit and I live and breathe and eat my, (laughs) my business all the time. But every week that we open someone, someone comes in very excited to be there and feels they're like, Oh, I feel, I love the energy here. I love it. You know, I love the juices and, you know, I get that a lot. And I, you know, I, um, drink my is my baby, but I've, I've learned to kind of take myself out of it and like, kind of give it, give the, give it to the community just because I would love for it to thrive in that way. Um, to have different people who, you know, may not have the opportunity to do, um, to be in retail spaces, but have really good products to kind of like highlight them. And a lot of the people who've been in the store have gotten lots of other opportunities from that. And that's all I ever really want is for people, more people of color to have more exposure. And if that's happening, I'm happy. That's wonderful. It's sometimes hard too when people first start a business to have an outlet to sell it. You know, you can make um, some kind of either website or sell on, you know, Etsy or Fair or something like that. But it's really hard to get those actual first sales because people don't know you, they don't find your product. And so by you having it be part of your business and, and giving them a shop to sell in, that's really a key piece to get people going. So you're really helping to get these businesses started, which is really great. Yes, yes, exactly. And we're actually doing, um, starting in July, we're going to have people pop up at the people who don't necessarily have the bandwidth to, you know, replenish um, a shelf every week or every other week. Um, we're going to have pop- people pop up to, you know, showcase their work and things like that. Um, I just think community is really important. And I don't think we thrive unless we have community. So that's kind of what I try to, 
make sure that I keep in the forefront at all times. That's great. I love it. I'm into it. Me too. <laughs> um, you mentioned a little bit doing um, some, you said you had a wholesale account with a store in the beginning. Do you still wholesale or do you just sell, sell out of the shop? I currently, I just set out of the shop and those reasons being because there's so many um, regulations on juice. Um, and so uh, we do wholesale to people who like want to buy bulk juice for an event or want to have drink mame at, for a weekend at their shop. And we have mini fridges for that so we can deliver to the mini fridge. Um, we're going to be doing that with T-Bar again soon. But right now it's just that drink mame. I think that's a really smart business model to have for you because um, you do have such a short shelf life. I think sometimes I see not really with juicers, but like bakers, it gets hard when you get into wholesale because you have such a limited time and it yes. like, it's kind of a time suck to do all that wholesale. And then people run out for their own direct sales. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. And that's, that's kind of where we're at because we're a very small team right now as well. And so making sure that we have enough juice for the store to be open all weekend and also being able to supply our wholesalers is important too. So um, it's just about, you know, it's about organization at the end of the day, but it's also like, I have, I like to make sure that my team isn't, you know, put into a situation where we're all so burnt out where we can't even work. So we really try and make sure that everybody else around us is doing okay in order to do those things. Like I do not take a wholesale account without talking to my whole team first, because I want to make sure everybody can pull their weight in doing that and that everybody feels good in doing that as well, since we are super small. So, um, you know, it's a slow and steady process, but, you know, taking the, I'm, I'm a heavy believer in taking the right steps and making sure everybody's okay when we're involved. So. I have a question for you about what do you do with all of the pulp? Do you have some products that you're thinking of making with the pulp? Yes. So something I do want to make with the pulp is pulp chips. Um, I just haven't necessarily figured out how to do that. Um, I guess legally and like do it because uh, I don't because we don't have necessarily a kitchen uh, we have a like a, a cafe kitchen if that makes sense we don't have anything that's equipped to to bake or fry or do anything like that um, mm -hmm. but right now what we do is just we either compost it or we either and we get or we give it to the few farmers that do come by on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and they use it for their crops and things like that. That's a good way. We've talked to some other people that do that because it's kind of just like, you know, it's like completing the circle of like the farmers are giving stuff yeah. to you and you're giving them, um, you know, nutrients to grow this beautiful produce. Like, I love that circle, <laughs> circle of, of farm life. Me too. And I'm super, super into sustainability and just keeping it going. Um, you know, I think over the last few years, I've also come a, become a not not a huge, but like in the background environmentalist. I'm like, oh, but what does that do for the earth? You know, I'm always thinking about that. And I've always tried to reduce my carbon footprint and like make sure I'm not wasting too much. So I think that, you know, with that, I'm like, we at the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, we have so much pulp. What am I going to do with it? And then I got a few ideas about giving it to farmers or giving it to people who may want to make smoothies. And sometimes I'll take some home and make smoothies myself. And I've experimented with like pulp, like pulp chips at my own house and just had a feast on them, but I really try to make sure we can reuse it somehow. That's good to hear. 
Well, and I think sometimes that sort of stuff takes more time than you would think it would, you know, like when I started out, I wanted to use everything, but I mean, this is my 10th year and I'm just getting to the point where I can have art, have figured out the production for my regular product and then have time to develop and then produce something else that it's almost like doing a whole nother business, you know, it is doing a whole other business for sure. Yeah. It is. And having to, you know, just track those people down and give them a date. And like, if they can't make it, like saving it and like, it's a whole other process. And, you know, yeah, it's a lot, but we try our best to get it to those who that we can. And um, if it's not the farmers, it's my aunt. She has her own uh, garden that she, she'll take some of the the pulp and use it. And I try to, I try to get rid of it and reuse it as much as possible because I hate throwing things away. (laughs) Yeah. There's some um, pantries in town that you might be able to donate it to. You should look into people who are feeding lots of people. They could put it in like a quick breads or. Yeah. Baked goods. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you have any information for those people, I would love to have it and do that. There's a there's also another um, company that approached us uh, maybe two weeks ago, and they have people picks up pick up bags of random uh, like reusable or unused items, and they don't necessarily know what they are, but they know that they're stuff that's being repurposed or reused, and. Um, uh, so we, we got, we do that too, but we have to make sure we have enough sometimes. So there's a little bit of, you know, push and pull with those things. Um, but anybody who's ever willing to come and pick it up, they're so welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we'll help put the word out. I bet we'll find somebody. <laughs> uh, did, I know you mentioned a seasonal, um, flavor. Do you have something you're excited about that's coming out or something you're really hyped on right now that people can go and get? Yes. Um, actually, um, next week, well, we always have new stuff coming out, but next week, or actually, wait, what's today? Actually this week, (laughs) this week we have a new juice coming out. It's the strawberry lemonade. Um, and I'm very excited about it. Um, it's strawberry, um, apple, um, beet powder and lemon, and it just comes together and makes this really sweet, um, like, just, uh, I don't want to say the refreshing. Yes. Refreshing. Thank you. Very sweet, <laughs> refreshing, like strawberry lemonade, but it's not too lemony and it's not too strawberry. It's just like the perfect, I love it. I'm very excited about it. We had people come in and test it in the store and people went wild over it. So I'm really excited to have that this week. So do you have like a juice program where somebody says, I want a bottle of juice for every day of the week and you provide that like a CSA or are you one bottle at a time right now one bottle at a time right now okay Um, we haven't gotten to that point yet we're trying to implement like a juice cleanse or a juice bottle program or a juice program Um, but it's a really small team so it's just about figuring out how that fits Um, but yes that's something that we're looking to implement very soon hopefully and can people return their bottles Yes, we have a we have a bottle recycling program. If you bring it back, um, you get a dollar off your next juice. Oh, that's great! Yeah, per bottle. So sometimes people will bring back fourteen bottles and they'll get a free bottle of juice that day. But oh. it works for us because we get our fourteen bottles back, and we we have a sanitation program, and we have the we have the proper sanitation to sanitize them and reuse them. So it works out perfectly. 
That's wonderful. I have a um, specific question for you about your bottles because I use the same kind, not the same size, but the same square glass bottles. Oh, yeah. What kind of lids do you use? Because I might have a bunch of lids to give you. Oh, <laughs> um, are they are they plastic? Do you use plastic ones? They are. They're the plastic reusable ones. They're white. Okay. Well, I have plastic ones that are black for the 16 ounce bottles, but you know, for me, sometimes I order bottles and it'll come with lids, but it's the wrong lids because I can only use one kind. Yeah. And I just kind of have been squirreling them away because <laughs> I know I'm like, so at some point someone will want these. But, um, well, the next time I come by the shop, I'll bring you some samples of them to see if you want them. Because if you okay. want them, you can just have them. <laughs> that sounds great. We're actually, and it's so crazy because we have we have round bottles and we have square bottles. Um, and our square bottles, it's been so hard to come by because everybody loves that specific bottle in that specific size. So we've had to go to our to round bottles to a maker that or to a glass company that's local. So we make sure that we have mm -hmm. bottles. We went and ran into this situation where we ordered 2,000 bottles and they never showed up. And by the time we needed them, they weren't here. And they were on somebody's truck or something for like weeks. And then they had to track it down. They track it down within a week. But yeah, we went through this 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 rough period where we weren't able to get our bottles. So we're well, not the only one. Yeah, that's been hard for everyone. We're hearing that, you know, just the distribution chain has really been interrupted, especially with glass. Yeah, terrible. Pandemic. And especially if you think about, you know, a glass factory, there's so many people that are involved in the glass making process and they had to shut a lot of those down. Yes. And so then it just, it just <laughs> made it really hard for all of us. I think people have had such a hard time getting yes. um, glass bottles. And I don't know that that is going to improve you know, quickly, like, I think we can all just sort of expect that. So as for our customers out there, not the makers, but just know that sometimes we do have to use different bottles and different packaging. So if you see like an inconsistent lid or bottle, that's what's going on. It's just like a supply chain issue. Yeah. It's, it's been so crazy. Cause I've seen a lot of juice bars switch to plastic because of it. And right now, also plastic and glass bottles are like almost the same price, which yeah. is so crazy. Um, so it's been a, it's been a crazy ride trying to figure out, you know, supply chain and figure out where we can get things from and if we're going to get things on time. And then shipping rates are going up because it takes so much to ship now. And there's so it's yeah, it's a problem overall. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope it gets better for everybody. I, <laughs> I mean, come on, everybody. We need you to keep making food. So don't stop because of these small problems. I know you just have to be, you have to be um, flexible. Yes. That's what I've learned over this year. You just have to be flex. <laughs> yes. Flexible and creative. I definitely was like, okay, so we open tomorrow. We have no bottles. Yeah. Well, we gotta do <laughs> so we had to do some quick thinking and i called somebody locally they were able to get us the bottles not that day but the next day so we had to close that day but there was yeah there was there's a situations. there's a bottle supplier out by um the airport called olshan bottles yeah and the common bottle that everyone uses here is called the ring neck which is a round bottle it looks like a barbecue sauce bottle and it has a little ring around the neck and I think those are pretty common and available if you need a... That's actually the one that we use. 
Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> widely available. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, Sarah knows her knows her stuff. <laughs> oh, I don't know, but I know that bottle. Everybody's like do we have to use that bottle? And I say, well, that's what the co-manufacturers can fill. So yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's that's a common one. <laughs> it's funny. I want to kind of walk people through if they were to um, come, we know what your shop is like now. So if they come visit you at the shop, they know what to expect, but if they are to order on your website, how does the juice get from you to them? What are their options? So their options are they can go on the website and they can either choose the delivery or pick up. The delivery is through Postmates and it's through our website. So you don't have to go on to Postmates to do it. It's on our website. Um, you can pick delivery or pick up. Um, it'll give you a time that the delivery will be ready and it'll give you a time that the pickup will be ready. Um, we usually just give it like a 25 minute prep time just in case we're low on juice or something like that. Um, but they go, they basically go on, they pick their juice, they pick delivery or pick up and they can come in the store and pick it up. A lot of people do do the pickup option online to make sure they can, they have uh, juice when they come to the store because sometimes it'll sell out and people come to the store for the experience but then all the juice is sold out <laughs> so people make sure to get theirs ahead of time um, and have it waiting for them for them to still come enjoy the store but have their juice too so pick up or delivery um, and we're really prompt on the pickup side and the delivery is always ready so you know or you can just walk in and say hi <laughs> that sounds That's fun that's good to know in case somebody has their heart set on something, you can pre-order it and then still come in and enjoy the shop, but then you'll have the juice that you really want. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But people got hip to that very quick because people will come in and be like, no juice. And we're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, since you are uh, this wonderful mixologist and creator of juices, I always like to ask the question of, has there been a flavor that you've come up with that was a definite no? Yes, there's been a few. Um, there, I, when I was trying to, actually, when I was trying to create Green is Good, I had, I had so Green is Good is cucumber, spinach, and uh, celery. And something I've learned through this mixologist pro this process is um, less is more. And so the less ingredients, the more flavors you can taste. Um, and so I started out all of my ingredients with like maybe through like six to seven ingredients. And that just wasn't working for me because there's just too much going on. So I've definitely made my share of yucky juices. Uh, <laughs> but I learned like, okay, you know, I don't have to put 40 fruits in this juice to make it sound cool. It, I think people appreciate the simplicity and that is a hundred percent true. None of our juices have more than four to five ingredients. Um, and the fruits and vegetables are usually only three to four. Um, I'll, I'll, I will add like a, a powder or a, a supplement or something like that, um, but never more than three to four um, produce options. Um, just so you also you get the full benefits out of the produce because some produce option or some produce make other produce less um, effective. And so that's something I try to also keep in mind, uh, specifically like celery, celery mixed with anything does not have all the benefits that celery juice has. And so we just have a celery juice option so people can enjoy the celery juice. So yeah. that's good. 
I think that's something that Sarah Masoni taught me actually in the very beginning of starting my sauce business, because I was, I had, I've told this story before, I think even on this show, but um, I had a sauce that was kind it just had too many things and it was kind of ugly. It was like muddy looking because I was mixing red and green together. So it just wasn't pretty. And she was like, just don't worry about having all of the things that you think you need to clean it up. Just like find the similar colors and the, and just use the only ingredients that you need. And so I did. And that sauce is our red chili lime sauce. And it became one of our really popular ones. But she was like, just get it out of there if you don't need it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of times people think they need to one of the classic ones is where somebody makes a sauce and they add soy milk into it or almond milk. <clears throat> and the truth is those almond milks and soy milks have very little soy and very little almond in it. So you may as well just be using water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine was uh, that I was trying to make it spicier. So I was putting two types of chilies and they just mm. weren't complementing each other. You know, I was putting Thai chilies in with red jalapenos And really, I just needed to use more red jalapenos, you know, so it was like a simple switch and it it made the sauce beautiful, which isn't even really something I was thinking about. I was thinking about about what it tasted like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes makes a difference because I'm also, I'm like that too, where I'm also looking at the colors. Like the number one thing that I look for is like, okay, what color do I want this to be? And then I figure out what fruits do that and what fruits go together. And then what powder could make it a little bit more healthy or, and if that doesn't work, do I take that out and add something else or do I just leave it as it is? Like, I'm always thinking about that, but everybody that comes in to, to look at the, or to come get juice and looks into our, our juice fridge, they're like, it's like a Crayola crayon box. And I'm like, that's literally <laughs> the inspiration. I literally had a Crayola crayon box next to me while creating these juices. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, it becomes a very creative process that I just guess I didn't really think much about in the beginning, but now I love that piece of it. And you're, it's, it's like, very artistic to do these kind of food creations, especially when they're bottled in glass because then people are drawn in by the colors. And I, I noticed that from your juices right away. And yes. people eat and drink with their eyes. Okay, so I've been looking, trying to find this woman who was baking out of her home. I think her name is Marilyn. And she's a uh, black gal. She's been baking out of her home kitchen for years, like more than 15 years here in the Portland area, always kind of looking for somewhere to sell her stuff. I believe her company's called Maryland Sweet Treats. Oh, really? She doesn't even have a website. So I'm going to try. She might be a great person to do a pop-up at your shop or something. Yeah. I once took her to um, the Bite of Oregon and she sold like a thousand cookies. (laughs) Really? Yeah, she, her cookies oh are God. really good. They're gigantic. They're like enormous cookies. I love cookies. Send her my way. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna find her and send her to you. That would be great. Yeah, to you. I would love that. Yeah, I love you, local. Oh, go ahead. That's my favorite thing. Do you have any advice for aspiring female entrepreneurs? I have lots of advice. (laughs) Um, I think my best piece of advice could be like, it would be to to really do it and don't let the hurdles discourage you. I'm quick to get discouraged, 
but through this whole process, I kind of had to put my big girl pants on and just see like, okay, that's just one hump. Once we get over that, we can move on to the next. Um, everything works out if you show up for yourself every single day. And once you do that, you just don't know what the possibilities are. There were time, there was a time, and I, I tell this story to people all the time, where we were four days away from opening and my business partner, who is the financial guy, he is the operations guy, he makes sure every we have everything that we need, all the supplies and all that. So he does the stuff that I just could not fathom doing by myself. Um, but he was like, yo, like we're going to have, after our opening, we have $4,000 in bills coming up the next week. And we're, I'm not sure how we're going to do that. And I was like, okay. And that stressed me out a little bit. And I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I know we put a lot of work into this. Um, but two days after that, I got an email from American Express and I fund women. And they had, they didn't necessarily say they wanted to give me any money. They were just like, Hey, like we we saw your business on iPhone women. We'd love for you to be a part of this opportunity. And they mentioned a panel. So I just thought they wanted me to talk. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. Um, and they're like, yeah, if you can, um, we'll do a quick interview um, on Thursday. Um, if you're available around this time um, for 20 minutes. And I was like, sure. And they ended up giving us a $25,000 grant. And what? That, it was a week before opening. And I was like, well, we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then on opening day, we made literally $4,500. So we were able to pay all of our bills. And then we got the $25,000 afterwards. But if we would have given up in that moment where we're like, financially, it just doesn't look well, we would never, we wouldn't have, we would have gotten that grant and would have been like, oh no, but that it showed up because we kept putting in the work to figure it out. So I always say, just keep going because opportunities will arise if you just keep showing up for yourself every day. That's wonderful. That's great advice. And congratulations on the grant. That is amazing and so perfectly timed. Yes. That was a crazy moment. I was like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't know what I was going to (laughs) do. Yeah. That was the best news. Well, we want to send people to you directly. Can you... um, why don't you give them your shop name and address one more time and then your website so that they can find you. Okay. The shop name is Drink Mame. The address is 1615 Northeast Killingsworth, Portland, Oregon, 97211. You can find us on Instagram at Drink Mame or you can find us at www.drinkmame.com. Okay, Sydney, it was so great to have you on the show and hear about your shop. And thank you for everything you're doing for your own business and for the community. It was, you yes. were a really wonderful guest so to have. Standing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. It was so nice to virtually meet you. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> we record Masoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on, our, on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you would like to be a guest on the show or you have a guest suggestion, <laughs> just DM us on Instagram at Masoni and Marshall. Until next week, thank you for joining us. Bye, everybody. Bye for now. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of Meaningful Marketplace. As a family-owned organ grocer for 42 years, Market of Choice strives to inspire, mentor, and assist a diverse group of local producers and foster equity in our communities. With 11 stores in Oregon, Market of Choice supports these craft makers, as well as farmers, fisher folk, and ranchers by bringing more than 7,000 local products to market. Together, we form a sustainable, community-based food system that serves our great state. To learn more, go to marketofchoice.com.
You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.